Give me gay fairies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Executed well. Although I will say it sounds a little redundant to say gay fairy, but... Hey, get in here. Hey, you. No, get in our room. Yeah, you, come here. Come on, come on, come in. Come on, get in our room. Welcome to another episode of Get in Our Room. She's Kristen. And that's Bobby. And we are back with a another episode of One Star Reviews with some fan theories tossed in the mix for Akawar, which is A Court of Wings and Ruin by Sarah J. Mass, the third installment of the Akatar or A Court of Thorns and Roses series. But to begin our conversation this week, I want to hear what Kristen has read this week. I have been reading um, a little series called Dolls and Douchebags. <laughs> when you sent this to me, you're like, when you told me you were like trying to find a book to like just read before jumping into the next thing, and you sent me the screenshot of this cover, I was like, oh, interesting title, handsome man. I don't know what to do with this. Am I surprised? It's Kristen. I'm not surprised. But please tell us a little bit about Dolls and Douchebags because I'm curious. It's super fun. It is my least favorite idea of them being in high school, but still being involved in like gangs and gang activities. So it's very bizarre in the essence that they're like sitting around at the lunch table at high school and then they're just going to go out and murder somebody that's in a rival motorcycle gang. And you're like, but you're in high school, man. Like, take it easy. So it's it's got a lot of the same vibes as um, Den of Vipers. Okay. A lot of the same character dynamics, I guess. Um, but it's just a fun, fairly short. I think each book is like 200 pages. So it's a fairly oh. short, quick read. Yeah. But there's like five of them. So just a little bit of a palate cleanser. It was supposed to be some light reading in between uh, Throne of Glass books. And it ended up being really heavy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Now I need a palate cleanser for my palate cleanser. <laughs> what have you been up to this week? I have been a really crappy reader, actually. I'm still trying to finish The Bones of Benevolence, and I've only made it 10% more through. And I know it comes out, it's released in two days. Yeah, so it comes out on the 11th. And... I'm trying to finish it before it comes out because I want to make some content for release day. My problem, though, is that I know it leaves off on a massive cliffhanger and it's oh. just coming out. And so, like, I, like, don't, I, like, feel like I'm anticipating how frustrating the ending is going to be and, like, pausing reading it because, like, because I don't, I know I'm going to have to wait, like, who knows how long it's going to take for Lauren to get the next book out. And it's just, I'm like, I'm just not ready to wait. <laughs> so that's part of my problem with it. The other thing is, is I'm pretty just overwhelmed by books right now. And so, and this happens about 
once a year where I just like stop reading for like a month, like everything, no matter what. And I have so many books that I want to read right now, but I just like, I don't have the attention span to sit down because I'm, for whatever reason, I'm just feeling overwhelmed. So I've actually just been reading a lot of um, like webtoons off of them in my, um, my Manta app. Each episode like for the series comes out on a different day. So I can just like read that one episode and move on. And then also I've been writing a lot. So at least this weekend, I spent most of my time actually writing. So I haven't read crap. <laughs> <laughs> How exciting though. I'm excited to read what you wrote. What just, a fun change of pace to go from being the reader to the writer, especially since what is it, the last couple of books? We've been very judgy. We've been very judgy about the past couple of books we've read. Yeah. And it's only right that we should, and you are, you're writing a book and I should take my own criticism and turn it into a book. <laughs> yes, you should. <laughs> <laughs> so judgy about other people's characters. Yeah. Yep. And I just like, as I'm you. writing, thank you. And as I'm writing, I'm like, people are going to tear this up. I just know that some people aren't going to like, but you're not going to please everyone and it doesn't matter. And it's, it you was... can't please everyone all of the time or most of the time, but you can absolutely piss off everyone all of the time. And that's just a lot easier road to manage. Yeah. I like that vibe. <laughs> that's a better vibe. Just go for fuck it all. <laughs> so, okay, cool. I have... Oh my god. Oh, what's up? I know you don't spend a lot of time on TikTok, but there's a trend on TikTok right now. Have you seen it where a guy just rolls random glass jars down different types of stairs? Or diff same stairs, different types of jars. No. Oh my god, it has swept the tiki-taki. It is this guy, and he takes, like, beer bottles, um wine bottles vodka bottles and then it's just like a marble staircase like a perfectly white marble staircase and he just rolls them and films it until they explode so addicting to watch the beer bottles usually just explode into a million pieces the wine like the bottom falls off and then it just kind of rolls and then he does ones where he puts like sand in them and then the sand explodes all over the stairs yeah <clears throat> <laughs> I have questions as to why, but you know, because it got a hundred billion views or whatever, so why not Whoa. keep going? Yeah, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's the real number. It's really popular, and now everybody's like copying it. And there's all these different stairs that are showing up, and it has swept the internet. There are some things on TikTok that honestly make me feel so stupid for not coming up with them first. Like this guy's just rolling stuff down the stairs. Have you seen? Uh, the guy that does a treadmill, and then he has different stuff race on the treadmill to see which stuff falls off first, and he's got, like, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of subscribers. No. Another girl, she just colors. She sets her, her camera up, and she just colors, and you just watch her color in a picture. Could you color a picture? Absolutely. Are you gonna spend two hours watching her do it instead? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I... <laughs> have concerns for the world the internet's a wild place man super wild super crazy i mean that's those are the <laughs> least crazy topics that we could talk about with the internet but it seems like <laughs> almost the most appalling because when you think about the context of like that's what people are spending their time watching and doing it's interesting it's just interesting 
tread lightly. I know they exist, so I spend my time watching them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a girl who didn't do her show notes. <laughs> I know, exactly. Now you know why. I was caught up in watching bottles fall down the stairs. Hey. So addicting. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'd probably get wrapped up into it, too, if I uh, got on TikTok. <laughs> I can't remember if we've talked about this before, and I think I've maybe mentioned it in passing in an episode, but for this week's theories that I want to talk about, I want to talk a little bit about Asriel, because, yeah, yeah our, our dear daddy, uh, Shadow Singer, because he plays a pretty big role in Aka War. But it's very, all of, I feel like Asriel's, like, use as a character throughout the series, through this book until now, is, they're very subtle, right? Like, he's always just disappearing to go be the spy master. But you see mm -hmm. some of his stuff come and play a larger role. Uh, for example, and again, you guys, there's just spoilers all over this, so be ready for that. But... As he, like, goes to get Elaine with Feyre from being captured um, by the King of Highburn and him just going and in, in, in orchestrating these meetings with these other High Lords and, like, he becomes a lot more vocal and, and present and this also kind of piggybacks, <laughs> I know we love that term, <laughs> <laughs> this piggybacks on some of the things that I was talking about with last week's episode. If you haven't seen it, go watch it, where I talk about the similarities and the lineage of Illyrians and Volg. There is a part, and I actually saw on, oh, what the hell's the name of her IG? Books in, Books in Writing, I think it is. She's the same page that had brought up the whole Nesta, Eris, Cassian thing that I talked about in our first episode. But she posts this line from, from one of the books about how Azriel says that he, he is a shadow singer. It's what he is. That that's not a nickname. It's not anything, but as if a shadow singer is a type of being and he is one of them. I think it's really interesting because his darkness that floats around him, and again, you guys, I am going to reference um, Throne of Glass series in here too, so there's some spoilers with that. But we know that from Throne of Glass that the princes that are from hell they have this dark, shadowy essence around them that, like, penetrates your mind, makes you think of all these fears, makes you see all this bad stuff, but it's just this shadowy haze that envelops you when they're near you. Asriel literally talks to his shadows. He is surrounded by similar shadows to those that the princes from Throne of Glass have. I think him saying that he is a shadow singer, I think there's some, we're gonna find out eventually that there's some type of creature in hell, or maybe that princes, the princes of hell are shadow singers. We meet some other 
princes of hells throughout the series as well and they have like this essence around them too but this whole being able to hear shadows talk becomes a theme and it can be traced back to the Velg, but also Maeve, right? So Maeve is a Damati, just like Resand. Extremely powerful Damati, just like Resand, in fact. So Wait, who's who's Maeve again? She's the evil queen and oh, that's right. And Throne yep. of Glass. Yep. So we know that she has some type of control and power, you know, over what's Rowan's group called? Rowan. I don't remember. Camaraderie? Come. That's not it. Rowan and the crew. We'll just go with Rowan and the crew. So I find it really funny that Azrael has all these powers and he's talking about how he is a shadow singer. And I think. No, I've brought this up before, but when Feyre, or I'm sorry, when Nesta, later on in the series, in A Court of Silver Flames, she goes to the prison, and she's with Cassian, she talks about a shadowy hand, like, guide, guiding her. And we know that in the prison, there are guards, but we never see them, we never hear them. And I'm wondering if... The guards are also shadow singers, so they just blend in with the shadows, they become the shadows, and that is the presence of a hand brushing her that Nesta is feeling. Is some one of the shadow singers coaxing her along, helping her along or something? I also am interested- Couldn't this just be Asriel? Does I, he have to be close to control the shadows? I don't know. I don't know how- I have kind no like a idea. Little I don't know what the range is on the Shadow Singer. Yeah, I have no idea, but he very well could be present during. I don't know what the range is. Wingspan. <laughs> <laughs> just because if I just don't understand. I don't think they'd have guards if there was other Shadow Singers alive. I just don't think they'd use them in that capacity. That's a good point. I think, you know, if you had, like, the best spy in the world, would you have it guarding? you probably have it spying on other courts. Right. There's more to this, but I, I kind of have to cut it off a little bit because you're not that far in Throne of Glass, and I don't want to... I don't want to mess anything up, but I f have thoughts around... Because the prison was said to be a... It used to, like, and we find this out, and I think the second book, A Court of Mist and Fury, from Resand, that the prison used to be, like, home to a group of people. And we know that climbing, you have to climb to get into the prison, right? There's, like, lots of reaching and climbing to get into this prison. And I'm curious if there's a place in Throne of Glass that we get introduced to that if this isn't the same place that used that the prison used to be this this community of people that we meet in Throne of Glass and somehow it was like desecrated, but that's it's really hard to say that to be true because Sarah J. Mass has said that she doesn't really know if the worlds 
are the same and at different time periods or if they're separate layered on top of each other and they're accessible to each other. So I, I'm not so sure about that one and I can get into it more after you finish uh, Tower of Dawn. Okay. But I just think that it could be could be an interesting correlation because you know there's always they're always talking about north and south migration in all three of the series there is something to do with north and south migration we know that you know i will say after living in texas i'm a big fan of north and south migration <laughs> i know <laughs> i am now fully on board with north and south migration with the seasons and she also wants like a house in every hemisphere so she can just bounce around <laughs> to all the nice weather every time of the year. <laughs> somehow that's cheaper than just living in SoCal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so true. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> but there's this huge discussion about North and South migration because when we look at Throne of Glass in Terrasen, we are introduced to a group of people that migrated North to do something. And then we also have in Crescent City, people are migrating south. And then in Akatar, we have people disappearing. So I'm curious to learn if m the migration of north and south can't also be up and down through layers of, of, of universes. I think that could be extremely interesting to learn. Is there anything in Akatar? That series, is there anything that's equivalent to the weird keys? Word keys? Weird keys. We decided it was weird, right? W-I-R-W-Y. It's, I, so like, if you look at Norse, it should be weird. But weird? other people pronounce it as word in, like, the SJM oh, world. I'm looking aside. I want to say. Aside, it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> I, I, that's what I want to say as well. Um. All right. So, so now we have to fight anybody that thinks it's word. <laughs> Insert joke about masochist. <laughs> Keep the theme going. Um, sorry. So, is there an equivalent? Because the weird keys allow you to open doors and portals and whatnot, right? Um, is yep. there anything that's equivalent to that in Akatar that would allow them to bounce through worlds? I think it's the Dread Trove. Mm. Oh, it, that's right. Yeah. Yep. We won't get into that, though, because that's Akasif territory, which we will totally get into when we do that one, because I have so many thoughts about the Dread Trove. <laughs> but it really sucks because I really, really need you to fucking read Crescent City. Well, tell people to stop writing romance novels. Okay. <laughs> They're distracting me. I know. I get it. But yes, that is Okay. That is there's I at least that, and then I like I said last week, I think the Illyrian tattoos are also w word marks, weird marks. Zero confidence in what one it is. So I'm just going to say both. <laughs> you keep saying word marks, we're going to have to fight cuz I picked weird. Okay. <laughs> so my theory section is pretty weak this week because um, I just, 
so much of my thoughts intertwine with places that you're not at yet. That makes sense. That's all right. I think we have some pretty interesting um, one-star reviews. Before we hop into the one-star reviews, I do want to remind everybody that we are huge SJM fans and we do really enjoy these books. We also just love... Funny people on the internet. (laughs) Yeah, and these one-star reviews are just hilarious. It's so good. Um, It's so good. Especially because there's so many reviews. There's so many of them. And they're pages upon pages upon pages. People act like this was their, like, college dissertation. Is that what people write? Is that something they do? For their college thesis? Yeah. They act like this is a thing that they had to do to, like, graduate. They put a lot of time. And it's just proof positive that people put more effort into hating on you than, like, supporting you. Yes. (laughs) Like, the fact that they pull out all of the quotes. They have, like, quote after quote. Like, they took some literal notes. And I just want to let you guys know. If you hate that hard, you're a fan. Mm-hmm. If you could name more quotes about the book than like a fan or an avid reader, you're a fan. Maybe a reluctant so let's read one, some number- but you're a fan. <laughs> some number one fan reviews. Would you like to go first or do you want me to go first? I will let you go first. I kind of carried on my theme for last week and tried to pick out some of the best short ones, like the good one-liners, because I find so much joy in the lack of context (laughs) that they provide and all of the facts that they lay down at the same time. So (laughs) I have a couple of ones that are... Do we have a a fan noise so that, like, a... Woohoo! So every time somebody writes something that they're like, I'm a hater, and we can put in like a little clapping noise, like, no, you're a fan. Oh, I totally can find one and, and make that happen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> can do attitude. Okay, so the first one is super good. And again, I pulled all of these from Goodreads because you guys, you guys, Amazon had no one star reviews again on these books. Amazon Yo, reviewers love this series. Or go with me on this. I'm Can listening. you delete Amazon reviews? Great question. I have no idea. Can you wash yourself clean? Perhaps. Of one-star reviews on Amazon. Perhaps you can. I don't know. But that's my conspiracy of the day. Mm, I love it. That there, that she is purging one-star reviews mm. on Amazon. Sorry. No, that's fine. I think it's... Uh... <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if you can delete one-star reviews. Maybe she doesn't have any. I just... Hmm. Interesting. Feels unbelievable. Feels unbelievable, right? Because when there's like <laughs> 8,000 on Goodreads, you're like, what? How can there be zero one-star reviews? Okay. My first one. 202. That's the number of times that the word mate in any of its hellish forms is used in this book. 202 <laughs> times. 202 <laughs> times. I was like, holy shit. First of all, it, she control f the fuck out of this book because this is a big ass book. <laughs> and I'm like, did she literally drop it in as a PDF into something and control F it? Or did she actually count? Because fuck. I think I remember this one, and I think she actually gave away her formula. 
Oh, that'd be genius. I didn't look that deep into it. Uh, they put it into WordPress. Ah, yep. I, I don't, don't want to say the name, but they put it into WordPress and did it that way. But yeah, she uh, she she shared her formula. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's good. That's that's hilarious to me. She had to be like, if I read this word one more fucking time, let me find out how much it, how many more times I have to read this fucking word. And she's a hundred and two times. I wonder how many pages you know, is in this book because it's a fucking big book. Seven hundred, eight hundred. Yeah, something like that. Oh. You know, here's what I will say. I will say this. SJM is not very creative in calling them males and females and then, like, the mating bond. She couldn't come up with something any more interesting. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. Agreed. Maybe, here's the thing, though. Maybe because she used it 202 times, any word would have been lackluster. True. After that many uses. <laughs> I will say the lack of nicknames and the lack of pet names starting to get to me. Yeah, I yeah, I never <laughs> thought about it while I was reading it because I was just like devouring everything and trying to like piece it all together and keep everything <laughs> fucking straight, which is like next to impossible. And so I think I had some oversight in so many things. But again, that's why I love reading these one star reviews, because they make me think like, Oh, they got a fucking point there, don't they? Like, <laughs> unfortunately, it is. Yeah, it's true. The next one, she just gives like a bulleted list of things, but the first one had me rolling for like five minutes because for the SJM series that deals with Feyre and Rhysand in the, in the inner circle, they're all Akka something, right? So Akka Tar, <laughs> Akka Math, Akka War, um, Akka Sif. This person just goes Akko Bad. <laughs> top of the list, Akko Bad. <laughs> this next one, two, sorry, I'm giggling. <laughs> Too bloody long and too damn bloody. Definitely not worth time. This book Wasn't is very bloody? well. Oh, it's the right. war. Yeah. I mean, Akka War, A Court of Rings and Ruin is all about battles and war and bloodshed, really. And, oh yeah, and one of them almost died. Yeah. Yep. Are you proud of me? I didn't say his name. I was... She didn't even have to edit it out. I didn't say his name. <laughs> Good job, team. <laughs> No spoilers today. So this one, the same reviewer goes on to say, maybe I was high on Reese's glamour, like Thera Darling, <laughs> while reading the last book and put it on a pedestal, pedestal. But now I see flaws in characters and the plot and the narration. And that makes me miss Amarantha. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, God damn, she's going in hard. Because I don't think everybody missed Amarantha. <laughs> This is where we start to oh get. Oh my god! What? Speaking of Amarantha, sorry, this is just like a super quick tangent back to TikTok. <laughs> uh, there's a TikTok filter that shows you who your boyfriend from Akatar is, 
And this girl was like, as long as it's not Tamlin, as long as it's not Tamlin. And it was fucking Jurian as an eye. (laughs) (laughs) Well. (laughs) So this, this is the theme that happens with a lot of the reviews for Akawar. And I never thought about it until reading these but this reviewer goes on to say, I'm sorry, but it's just so fucking obvious that SJM had no plans whatsoever to make more gay until she faced backlash for the lack of diversity in her writing. So she hurriedly shoehorned a plot twist that she's actually been gay for the past 500 years and hiding it from her closest friends. I shouldn't have to explain why a character being gay is a surprise plot twist is fucking problematic and not good representation at all. Next review. Worst coming out scene I've ever endured and I was gay in middle school. And I was like... I was like, holy shit, they're so fucking right about that. Like, I never thought about how in the first two books, they literally never, granted, more was not in the first book at all. She was lightly introduced at the very end, but mostly just introduced in the second book and not very well. And I was like, wow, yeah, that's a good point. That is a shitty plot twist. And was it even supposed to be a plot twist? I don't know. I have no idea. But it does seem weird that, like, if her friends are so acceptant, like, they are the epitome of the best people around. Right. Right? In any court. And she didn't feel safe telling them. Yeah, I don't... What in the fuck (laughs) happens to gay fairies? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Also, also, <laughs> no gay fairies? Really? Yeah. Come on. But then she goes in hard because if you think about how she introduces this, and then when they go to like the meetings for the High Lords, and so she introduces, yeah, see, this is problematic. I get, I, I see it now, team. Thanks for your review because. <laughs> Because they introduce her, like, with Rita's or whatever, the club. But then when they do all the meetings with the High Lords and they start to insinuate, like, Cassian and Asriel more being with this High Lord, doing this activity, sexy activity, spicy activity, and they talk all... All four of them? You don't remember that scene where they're in the... um, in the room and they're all sitting around and the one guy comes in who the fuck is it i can't remember which high lord comes in and he in akawar i did listen to this one on tape i'm well, pretty sure it happened in akawar and i missed it i was listening to a book on tape while you drove through gettysburg <laughs> <laughs> Which is fitting. It is. Right? I was just thinking that. That's why I was pausing. Because it's actually very fitting. Echo War, Bloodshed, Gettysburg. It makes sense. Um, yeah, so I missed all the details. So rehash that for me like I didn't Okay, so in... I'm pretty fucking positive it's an Echo War. But they're in their room at the court that they're meeting. And it's 
Asriel, Cassian, and Moore sitting on a couch. Rhysand's in the room. Feyre's in the room, but they're sitting in different chairs. Someone knocks on the door, comes in. It's their High Lord friend that they actually get along with. Can't remember which one it is. If it's the guy from the Day Court, the Winter Court. Day Court? I don't remember. And he comes in, and there's all these insinuations about, like, them all being together at some point in the past or having fun together in the past. So implying that, like, there's more than just Moore's gay tendencies, but, like, other High Lords and Cassian and Azrael have part partake in, in some type of same-sex activity. Or she should... <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yes, I would think that's what the hint is... The hint is, friggin' cheeks hurt from giggling. <laughs> <laughs> so the next review that I have, I thought was super funny because I never, it's a quote, it's a quote from the book. And again, I just must have breezed past this when I first listened to it because I listened to these books first. For Akatar, I, I listened to them and went back and read them, but I totally breezed past this. His groans of pleasure drowned <laughs> out the sound of the injured and dying. That is all. That, that's, that's the review. This quote, and then that is all. Like, one star. Which, I'm like, yeah, that is really fucked up. Like, that probably, that quote deserves one star. That's a pretty fucked up quote. Because, um, people are literally going to fucking battle for you, and you're just like, let me get fucked in my tent, and then, like, let these groans drown out all these other fucking people sacrificing themselves for us, and the greater good. Pick your favorite president of all time, and now just imagine him during the war with his wife or mistress. It doesn't matter. Probably Let's pick Abraham Lincoln. He seems pretty infallible. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln on the front lines of the Civil War. <laughs> That's what that scene is equivalent to. Fucked up. That's what it is. <laughs> I was like, I agree with that. That that quote deserves one fucking star. You are correct. Gross. Um, I forgot about that quote. Yeah, so did I. I was like, oof. <laughs> no argument there. All right, you got... Okay, you got me there. <laughs> you know, literally the most goddamn boring book I have ever read in my life what are these vulgar gestures? Is everyone just flipping people off or are they throwing in the meh, too? <laughs> oh my god, I never even thought about that. I always thought I, it was this. Yeah. That is so much funnier. This is much funnier. This is much yeah. funnier. And I love how they wrote it in emojis with, like, the peace fingers and the tongue sticking out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, huh. That's the... I could... that. Yeah, what well, are these vulgar... Because as you're reading it, and I mean, it's all over TikTok, too, like, making fun of the vulgar gestures thing. But it's like, you're not creative enough to explain what that vulgar gesture is, but you're creative enough to come up with all these crazy tie-ins. Yeah, man. Just give me one... One hint. Is it a full-body vulgar gesture? 
Because I always thought it might be like, like one of that. these like up yours. Like... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just like mm, or this or whatever it might be. Like, but yeah. <laughs> Did not finish because I hated Pharaoh too much. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah, I was like, mm. it's tough when it's supposed to be like a female lead and you hate them. Yeah. Like she's she's not a totally weak main character because I, like I said before she like she stays on in character the whole time right like constantly trying to sacrifice herself to save other people taking one for the team going out and doing all of these extra things but I think she fails in comparison right because when I first Akatar was the first SGM 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 series that <laughs> making shit up now that I read and I genuinely liked Feyre, but then I went to Throne of Glass and I met that main female character and was like, oh shit, this bitch is <laughs> badass. And then, in, so in comparison, Feyre just falls on her face. And yeah. now that I've read Crescent City and the female character in that, though I think, though she has flaws, they're, they're written very well and she's still a complete badass. Just remember, ladies, you can be a badass and have flaws. We'll accept it. Yeah. You are welcome here. <laughs> you will always be welcome here. Don't even get me started on my flaws. This is... I don't have any. No, of course you don't, Kristen. You're Kristen. You're Kristen. <laughs> I'm Kristen fucking Bamberger. Yeah. The last one that I chose. <laughs> Bobby's so distracted she can't move on. I know I am. I'm going to have to cut out a lot of so's in, in here because I'm shitty with transitions today. For the last review that I chose, first word, all caps, trash. <laughs> Next sentence, this is trash, trash, this is trash. I had to go to the optometrist because I was straining my eyes so fucking hard to find the plot. Maybe they hid it in the cauldron somewhere. I don't know. This is such a lazy, <laughs> cliched attempt at a fantasy novel. <laughs> I thought that was the best fucking room. I had to go to the optometrist <laughs> to find the fucking plot. <laughs> I love when it's good and creative like that. I know. It's so good. And this is a very big book in the middle of a series so there's a lot of bridging happening and and a lot of transitioning happening away from the first two books and what's happening and bringing and arising and building another problem to continue the series with right as much as i love this review i also know as being a very big fantasy reader how hard it is to not be cliche anymore. You have to think about all of the books and novels that have been written in the world. It's almost to the point of like uncountable. Yeah, yeah. You don't steal their ideas. <laughs> so it's very hard to not be cliche with some of your plot and your themes, right? Because you're you're driving a narrative. And it's, it's not that easy to be unique. But what, what I will say is that I actually do think that the world in Akatar is pretty unique. 
for when this book was written. This book was, Ackleworth came out in like 2017, I think. A lot of the books that have come after it have some of the same themes of different courts and different powers associated with courts, but it's, it's nothing new in the world. I don't necessarily think this book was trash. I think there was some trash components to it, <laughs> but as a whole, I think it drove the narrative really well and it really made you fall in love with side characters. Um, even though some of the reviews I'm like, I read were like, the side characters are so weak. I'm like, that's because you're just being introduced into them as a complex character. So they seem weak right now because you're literally learning about them. Again, I'm pretty sure this is the book where we have that mysterious scene from Moore uh, that we talked about last week. So you're, you're really just getting introduced to these characters on an individual capacity outside of their association with Resand and Feyre. Yeah. But I fucking love that review. It was so funny. <laughs> All right. So you remember, was it last week or the week before? I think it was the week before um, when we did the Akatar, the first book. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if this is like a Beauty and the Beast remake, that would make Resand Gaston, right? Yes. You remember that? Yeah, I do. Uh, so this, person, <laughs> this person, they said... Uh, this book rivals the Fast and Furious franchise for, of my real family is the one I made, not the one I was born with. So Resand is now an amalgamation of Gaston and Dominic Toretto. <laughs> <laughs> and I gotta say, nobody twerks like Gaston. No works like Gaston, makes it work like Gaston. No one drops down that booty and jerks like Gaston. That's from a Tumblr post that's like 20 years old. Okay, on to the next one. Um, I don't get Lucian's appeal. Do we like him out of the same reason we like Draco Malfoy? Is it his, oh my god, he's just trying to do the right thing, he didn't know any better type of situation? Because Draco Malfoy is a child. Trying to oppress a father who doesn't love him. And I don't want to spoil anything, but Tamlin is not Lucian's daddy. <laughs> Although, maybe a bit more interesting plotline if he... <laughs> <laughs> Give me gay fairies! Yes! <laughs> Executed well. <laughs> Although I will say it sounds a little redundant to say gay fairy, but... <laughs> okay. You can't even you can't even hear mommy laughing. It's just completely silent. <laughs> <laughs> Got her. <laughs> Indeed you did. Wow. <laughs> did not see that one coming. Okay. On to the next one. <laughs> so this one's less funny. Um, maybe I'll save it for the end. Because this one is so goddamn funny. I'm going to try my best, my absolute best, to not die of laughter and get the whole thing out. So just bear with me. We might have to do this a couple of times. <laughs> I'm bracing myself. Okay. So Feyre, this is when um, Feyre and Resand are part and it's the tragedy of the century blah 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 and they use their mind controls power for the saintly saintly motivation of sexting 
which is already hilarious, but it gets better. <laughs> Feyre says, I sent back an image of me sticking out my tongue at him. My clothes were back on when his answer arrived. Like mine, it was a wordless, it was wordless, a mere image. Like mine, Rhysand's tongue was out, but it was occupied with doing something else. I chose, and the reviewer says, I chose to interpret this statement the same way a middle schooler interprets the existence of a perform of performer Marilyn Manson based on a shady rumor he once heard about a surgery to remove three ribs. I believe that this is e incontrivable incontri evidence that Rhysand can suck his own dick. <laughs> <laughs> what else could it possibly be? <laughs> Oh, the image in my brain that just <laughs> fluttered right through. Because <laughs> I remember that scene. I like that so much better. That's so much better. Great, great creative mind from that reviewer. I love it. This is all from the same review. This was a long ass review. This is from your review of 202 words, 202 times that mate was said. This is all that same review. Yeah, it was long. I like opened it and closed it because I was like, I'm just like the first couple of lines. I don't want to read a book. <laughs> That's why when I saw you had that 202, I was like, oh no, we did the same one. We did not. You did the, you skimmed it and I was and yeah, all in. You were. <laughs> <laughs> it just kept getting funnier. Okay, so at some point, I don't remember what creature she's referring to here. Um, a monstrous creature that was described as having no eyelids. Is it the one that's in the library in the hole that Cassian's scared of? I think so. Maybe. So she goes on. I just couldn't, I couldn't remember who she was talking about, but the section was funny. Also, a monster creature thing described as having no eyelids narrows its eyes. <laughs> this inspired a 15-minute-long discussion with my roommate on whether eyes can narrow without eyelids. We came to a unanimous consensus. No, they cannot. <laughs> the beta readers missed that one. Whoops. <laughs> Wicked fucking or this person reviewer, I don't know who you are. You're great. <laughs> That's so clever. Uh, um, yeah. She has one more, but uh let me just double check. In case you were wondering, the individual that wrote this review, this is not a hobby for her. She has fifty thousand followers on Goodreads, and she's written over eighteen hundred reviews. Okay. Wow. Yeah, this is not a pastime for her. This is... Part-time job. I guess hobbies are pastimes. So, do you think she gets paid for it? Maybe. I don't know. That's insane. I guess everybody's got to have a hobby. Okay, so this last one is less funny. It's not... So try, and, try to reel in your giggles. It's not a super funny one. But it's interesting. And this is one that I did want to talk about. So she says that she thinks this was poor editing along the way. But I want to get your opinion on that. So, example, she did not avert her eyes from the Morgan. That pesky the makes her seem like a pro wrestler, 
I guess it is funny. Or someone with a fun nickname, rather than the personification of the ver- worst by rep ever to grace young adult pages. Uh, so when SJM calls her the Morgan. Okay, so do you have more to add there? Or I'll wait. Well, I, I just know the more the Morgan. Okay, so here's my thoughts. Okay. Morgan <clears throat> is an Irish goddess. The Morgan like, is a goddess. So it's the Morgan? The Morgan. Morgan is actually how you say it. The Morgan. And she Not- is often referenced as the. When you so look- does the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> she is the goddess of war. So the Morgan is basically the the female um embodiment of war um so is it more upsetting that more is a terrible bi representative or barely fights in the war celtic she's a celtic goddess yeah she's actually pagan but from ireland so she's a pagan goddess from ireland and i actually know much more about paganism and how it relates to gods and goddesses than I do actually Greek mythology because some of them kind of overlap but anyways she's like the phantom queen so she's known for like war and witchcraft in some regards truth right and that's what SJM kind of pins down for her character Morgan is being like a truth teller and a seer and like getting retribution for the truth and shit like that so uh I don't think that her, I actually appreciate that she calls her the Morgan because as someone who I, who has a lot of respect and has done a lot of reading on paganism and a lot of Celtic pagan and like green pagan themes, like I really appreciate that. Now for the next debate. Celtic? Celtic. 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 Celtic? Celtic? Celtic is Celtic. a basketball team, I think. Celtic is is Celtic. Irish. I can never remember. Also, Nyx, the there's like baby Nyx. We learn about a baby Nyx mm-hmm. in this story. Nyx is actually the female goddess of night, of dark, of night, of night. There's a whole Greek thing about the female goddess Nyx. So I thought it was interesting that the Nyx in the story was a boy. So she's mixing And he's the prince of night, technically. She she mixes a lot because like there's oh, going back to our Shadow Singer. Asriel in mythology has um trying to remember if he's like a fallen angel or what he is. But I also can't remember what branch of mythology that she uses for him. He's got two loves. And our our boy Azrael we know is kind of divided between Team Gwenriel or Team... I don't know what they call Azriel and Elaine. I can't remember. Because I'm Team Gwenriel. <laughs> Gwen and Elaine. And Azriel, that whole weird trifecta that's happening there. Do you think he's really... Do you think there's really anything between him and Elaine? Nice to She's like a shadow of a person. And he's a shadow singer. I think Azriel cares for her because he identified with how lonely and broken she felt because he was a lonely broken child who went through a lot of trauma from a young age with his family and being and feeling like he was alone but Mm, i don't know 
how far it goes because he, uh, going back to like what I was saying in the beginning is we don't know much about the Azrael that we meet is not very deep. Like there's not a lot of depth to his character at all. He's really shitty at giving gifts because he gives <laughs> that gift to Elaine and it's actually not that thoughtful. It's a necklace. And then he ends up gifting it after Shh, Elaine like gives it back because Resan's pissed because you're only so when you gift jewelry to to another Fae for like Christmas or whatever it is or I can't remember what they call it but it's it's traditionally a gift between mates like jewelry is a gift between mates and Resan's pissed about it and he makes Elaine give it back and Azrael then goes and gives it to Gwen. Ooh, I totally missed that. Yeah, there's like a whole this. I think it's in a bonus chapter actually. But um, yeah. So he's actually kind of shitty at. So he's very surface level through all of this, and we don't get good depth from him as a, as a character. We never see inside the the mind of Azrael, and so I I don't know. I'm still holding out for Gren Gwenriel. because I think that's a more interesting storyline. But I also think that. Do you want to hear another theory? <laughs> I think that... Absolutely, I do. Maybe I talked about this. I can't... I think I've talked about this at least on, on the phone with you. There's a... That's a lie. We've never talked on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> There's a part in a, the last book, uh, Court of Silver Flames, where Rhysan... Somebody says something to Eris about his firstborn, like, in exchange for his firstborn. And he vehemently is like, no, I will not give you my firstborn, but I will do it. And it has something to do with, like, marrying Nesta or something or, or getting Nesta to be his bride or whatever. But he says, no, he's, like, super adamant about, no, I will not give you my firstborn. But that's because he already has a child and it's Gwen. Gwen is his firstborn. Wait, no. I think so. I think Gwen is is um Eris's daughter. I think he had a liaison with the water nymph and he had twin girls being Gwen and her twin sister. That'd be okay. That'd be pretty cool. But it's going to cause some issues for Azrael, isn't it? Poor Azrael. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Next week. This was a fun one. Those yeah. were fun. Those were yeah. hilarious. Next week is a short book. Are we doing the same thing? I was just... I, I don't see why yeah, not. Like, Because that one's a real shorty. It's a, possibly a novella? It was supposed to be Starlight and A Core of Frost and Starlight. It was supposed to be like a novella, but it's it's not a short... Like, in comparison to the other ones, it's it's thin. But it's not... It's a I fucking like novel. Nothing happens in it. Oh. Yeah, there's not a ton that happens in it. But there are some extremely pivotal blurbs. I missed all of them. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be back next week with one star reviews of uh, Court of Frost and Starlight. A lot of them yeah, are probably going to agree having, with Kristen. I'm having so much fun with these. Especially because I truly did enjoy this book. So this whole series. Yeah. I enjoyed it so much. And so it's fun to be like, oh. You're right. That was really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yup. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was weird. <laughs> Definitely. Thanks for joining us for this episode. We'll see you next week.